Hey, it's Scott, and guess what? You're about to hear an ad, and that's both good and bad. It's good because ads are what make it possible for me to keep bringing you these episodes, and it's bad because, well, maybe you don't like listening to ads, and I get that. And the good news is, you don't have to. When you sign up to support the show, you get every single episode without any ads. Plus, you get all the bonus episodes. Yeah, did you know there are actually bonus episodes? And you can try it all for free just to see what it's like. If you're on an iPhone, just go to the What Was That Like podcast and at the top, click on Try Free and you're in. On Android, just go to whatwasthatlike.com slash plus and try it out completely free. Once you've had the ad-free experience, you'll see why hundreds of other listeners are already doing it. But for now, here's another ad and then on with today's episode. I'll confess, sometimes I let my podcast playlist get out of hand and I get way behind. But there's one show that I subscribe to and any new episode goes right to the top of the queue. That's the Jordan Harbinger Show. That's because I never have to figure out, okay, is this one going to be interesting or do I wait for the next one like I do for some shows? Because Jordan's conversations are always a must-listen for me. He talks to fascinating people from any category you can think of. Authors, scientists, athletes, you name it. He's talked to undercover cops who posed as mafia and the actual career mafia hitmen. And the stories he gets out of these people, just incredible. In one episode, he talked to Paul Holes. You might know that name if you're into true crime. He's the former investigator who uses really advanced methods to solve cold cases, including the Golden State Killer. And another one I really enjoyed was with Sam Harris, an author and neuroscientist who promotes skepticism, and he doesn't mind taking on some seriously controversial topics like politics or religion. That one's going to make you think. Whenever a new episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show pops up, I already know it's going to be an episode that I'll enjoy listening to, and I'll bet you will too. For some episode recommendations, check out jordanharbinger.com start or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, do you have trouble sleeping? Then maybe you should check out The Sleepy Podcast. It's a show where I read old books in the public domain to help you get to sleep. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of classic stories like A Tale of Two Cities, Pride and Prejudice, Winnie the Pooh, stories that are great for adults and kids alike. For years now, Sleepy has helped millions of people catch some much needed Z's, start their next day off fresh, and discover old books that they didn't know they loved. So, whether you have a tough time snoozing or you just like a good bedtime story, fluff up the cool side of your pillow and tune into Sleepy. Unless you're driving, then please don't listen to Sleepy. Find Sleepy on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes each week. Sweet dreams. What Was That Like? contains adult language and content and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to What Was That Like? I'm your host, Scott Johnson. This is a show where we talk to regular people, people just like you or just like me, 
who have found themselves in an extremely unusual situation. We'll hear their stories and get inside their head because we all want to know what was that like. More information about each episode at whatwasthatlike.com. Here we go. In this episode, we're talking with Samantha, and that's not her real name, by the way. She has an interesting story, and it has to do with a medical condition that she's had since childhood. Samantha has hyperinsomnia. I'm sure you already know about insomnia, maybe actually even experience it from time to time. But what Samantha has is hyperinsomnia. That's more than just trouble sleeping sometimes. For her, it means that she typically goes about eight days at a time without having any sleep. Can you imagine going more than a week with no sleep? In this conversation, we talked about the medical aspect of it and what's actually going on. She also has some other medical issues that kind of complicate things. I also asked her the question she probably gets asked more than any other. What do you do with all that extra awake time? We talked about the advantages and the disadvantages of this particular condition. And I also asked her, if there were a cure for this, would you accept it? There are some online resources available to learn more about hyperinsomnia. And Samantha also has a blog where she talks about it in detail. And I'll have those links in the show notes for this episode, which is at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash zero three, since this is episode number three. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Samantha. All right, Samantha, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really interested to tell people all about this since not many people have it. Yes, it does sound like it's something that's uh, interesting and unusual. What's the longest you've ever gone without having any sleep? I've gone eight straight days without sleep. Eight straight days. I just, it's hard for me to imagine that. You, you must have a hard time explaining that to people, right? How you can go all that time without sleeping? Well, most people that are kind of close to me have seen it. They've been around me my whole life. So they've watched even after sporting events, things like that. I don't really sleep. I would say backwards reading or something. But for people that haven't been around me and don't know, once I explain about the hyperinsomnia and it's along with chronic insomnia, there's 14 different types. And mine kind of roll one into the other because it's an unspecified case. It's every time they've tested me for the sleep study, they found the same thing, but they also have seen a little bit different reactions to the medications they've made me take as well. Okay. So there, it's kind of an ongoing experiment sort of? Yes, I'm on my third, I've done my third sleep study now. I've done one that was a two night and both of the other ones have been a week long. Is hyperinsomnia the actual medical diagnosis or is there another name for it? They call it unspecified hyperinsomnia. Okay. And what does that mean in, in layman's terms? In layman's terms, um, the easiest way to explain it is that my theta and beta waves run at the same time. The theta is what tells your brain it's awake and you're conscious and doing things. Your theta is what tells your brain to go to sleep, and that's what helps you run through your sleep cycles. Mine don't stop. They run in unison at all times. So you're sort of your waking sleep cycles and your sleeping sleep cycles are... Yes, they do not shut off. They both run together. And so my brain literally thinks it's awake and asleep at the same time. Wow. And when did this first start? I've no, I don't really know. It's been as long as I can remember. I can remember it more in my teenage years 
But I know when I was a kid, they did tell me they had trouble making me go to sleep. So I spent lots of hours reading because my mom didn't mind if we were up reading a book or if we were studying as long as we were at least in bed attempting to go to sleep. And, and how old are you now? I am 34 now. Does anyone else in your family have this? No one else. Huh. Have you ever met anyone else in the world that has it? I haven't yet. I'm hoping to. It'd be interesting to sit and talk with someone that goes through the same thing, that understands days becomes weeks, weeks become months, because it all rolls into each other. Right. Yeah. Just to sit and talk with someone. Boy, you guys have a, would have a lot to talk about, I'm sure. I'd hope so. Is, is there any, do they give you medication to help with this or does it help at all? They give me Ambien which it'll work for anywhere from four days to a week when it does work. But it's, I only take it every few days or else it quits working, period. Because you develop a quick immunity toward it? Yes. Um, they've actually had to double the dosage twice, and we figured it was best for me just to only take it every few days instead of building a tolerance to it. And when you say it works for four days to a week, what does that mean? Are you able to sleep at night or what? It'll help me fall asleep, but I will only be asleep for a couple hours. All right. So you've, you've, you were first diagnosed as a teenager. Is that when they actually decided that's what it was? No, I was first officially diagnosed three years ago. And that's when we found out what was going on. Ah, so was that kind of a relief to know at least the thing had a name? At that point, no, because I have other medical conditions and we had kind of attributed it to that. But when we actually had gotten my pain under control and other issues pretty much controlled, that's when we figured we needed to look further into it. And so finding out that it wasn't just the pain or anything else causing it, that's what made the relief for me was finding out that we did have something that was going on. Do you have any other unusual health conditions? Not unusual. I just have a ton of other ones and nobody else in my family has any of them. So what, what else is going on that would add to your lack of being able to sleep? Here's the list. I have migraines, seizures. I have fibromyalgia, degenerative disc disease. Um, of course, the hyperinsomnia unspecified. And I know I'm forgetting something else. I don't remember what the other one was. I'll think of it at some point. Well, just the ones <laughs> you said already. That's That's quite a list. It's a lot to handle knowing that it's, not just one thing, it's a group of things that we're trying to deal with all at one time. Right. And medication for one might negate the medication for another or interact negatively somehow, right? Actually, my doctors have been really amazing and done the research into what medications we can and can't use. It's not just for what can actually not make another work, but what can react to others. So we've done lots of research to find things that will work for me. And my doctors have worked with each other, which has worked been a really good thing for us. Oh, that's great. Well, that's their job, sort yes. of, right? <laughs> well, I have found some of <laughs> my good. doctors didn't want to communicate with the others. They just wanted to deal with the one problem. So I did take the time and work to find one that would be willing to look at my other records really well and actually make phone calls when we hit a stump on what to do next. That's good. It's good that you found a good one. So what do you do with all your time? I mean, you don't have to spend eight hours a night sleeping. How do you fill all that time? This is a question I'm actually used to. I read a lot. I play video games. I have binge watched all my favorite shows. Um, 
not really much else. Um, right now, I'm picking up a new hobby. My grandma was a seamstress. She taught me how to sew when I was little. So I'm picking that back up again. And after 15 years, it's frustrating, but I have at least the time to work on things. I guess, yeah. Um, do you listen to podcasts at all? Actually, I don't. I've listened to one. I've got a friend that does them. And I every time I sit down to start listening to one, I'm like, ooh. I want to go read this. And so I haven't, I feel bad. I haven't sat down. I've listened to one of his and that's it so far. Okay. Well, I'll tell you something. If you, if you're not familiar with podcasts, obviously you will be now having been on one, but uh, there's a whole new world out there for you to explore and almost anything you could, any topic you can think of. There's probably a podcast on this subject. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So maybe something you could, you could look into. I think that is something I'm going to look into. Definitely. Yeah. I'd love to hear if you find anything. Do you ever lose track of time or what day it is? <laughs> All the time. I will sit here and think it's Friday. No, it's Tuesday. I will think it's Wednesday and it's Thursday. But funny enough, on Tuesday, I was texting my sister and telling her I was going to be coming up on Wednesday to come see her. She goes, it's Wednesday. Why aren't you here? I was like, it's Tuesday. And she looked and goes, and I said, it's Tuesday. And she goes, oh, well, I thought it was Wednesday all day. So wow. we, I can, it's funny the days I can correct her because she's used to me being wrong most of the time. What, what, can you, what can you do to make yourself sleepy? Um, I've actually done a lot of yoga and meditation is kind of what I do to help try to shut my brain down. Before I got injured with my back and neck, I, did, I used to work out a lot. I used to go to the gym. Every night I took Zumba classes and I ran four and a half miles a day. I played soccer or I worked with my horses because I used to show horses. Um, mostly working out just to wear my body down because if I can get it worn down enough, I could sleep a little. And normally it was the same, only a couple hours. But the worst thing is now I can't do those hard workouts. I can't go jog. I can't play soccer. So I'm, I'm working on trying to find other things that will help me sleep now. So you can't do those other activities because of the other health conditions. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder what else you could do though. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, obviously it has to be something physically tiring. That's the thing we've been trying to find out. I'm on, well, for one, I'm on a weight limit of 20 pounds, so I can't do the heavy weights. I can't do a lot of what I'd use for body resistance tour, but we're trying to find something. I'm working on yoga right now, which is something that kind of helps a little. It kind of, it, it's, I can use it to kind of not think about anything else. I can just shut my brain down some. So that helps a lot. What, what about a treadmill? Would that be too high impact? I have a really bad knee and we've already had meniscus surgery done on it once, but it still has other issues that jogging is just not plausible anymore. Okay. Or even what about just walking though? I mean, of course, you got to use your knee for that, too. I take my dog on a walk every morning. We do two and a half miles a day. So that wears me out a little bit. I get home and I am tired. Good. Well, that's a good good direction to be in anyway, then. Are you able to have a job? No. Because of the seizures, I am on a no-drive order. Oh, because, yeah, of course. Yes. it That really has messed me up with things. It's hard because I have to have someone else drive me to doctor's appointments. Someone else take me where I need to go to pick up medication. 
Oh, yeah, because with seizures, it would be dangerous to drive, obviously. Yes. I actually, before I was fully officially diagnosed, I did have one issue. I got in a fender bender. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, but that was kind of a wake-up call that something was really wrong. You know, when I looked up this uh, the, the name hyperinsomnia, uh, just to do a little bit of research before our conversation, I found that there's a lot of information on hypersomnia which of course is excessive sleepiness, but, and actually even when I did a Google search, the first thing on the Google search results says, um, didn't you mean to search for hypersomnia, but no, for, but for hyperinsomnia, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot available. There's not. It's because it goes under, um, it's one of the 14 types of insomnia. So it lays underneath that. And even if you look at my medical records, they have the hyperinsomnia, in, chronic insomnia, and then there's two more types that go along with it. And that's why they put me under the un- unspecified because it's all layered together with me. Okay. Now I'm curious, what's the difference between hyperinsomnia and chronic insomnia? Chronic insomnia is where you can go over um, where the insomnia lasts for months at a time. So it's people who it's constant with them and it never goes away. Um, oh, I wish I'd wrote it down and had it in front of me. There are multiple types um, on my Reddit thread that I did. I actually have a link on there to the hyperinsomnia and it goes into the different types. Okay. So there's a bunch of different types of insomnia and I'll, uh, I'll get that from you and we'll put that in the show notes as well. So in case people want, people want to look at that. It's actually a website. It's called a Sleepopolis that goes into it and explains all of them. What was it called again? Sleep Sleepopolis. I, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but I've got I have it on me and I can send it to you. Okay, all right. I'll put all that in the show notes. And so, how many people are like as a percentage of the population, or how many people in the world have this? Do you have any idea? Actually, on that one, I don't have an idea. I think if I had um, a little bit more of a breakdown on exactly what they would classify me on a little bit better, I could. But just being unspecified, I don't have a clue how many people would be under that category. Okay. Yeah, because it kind of carries it's, – it's a little broad. Going back just a little bit on our previous question, chronic insomnia sounds like it's worse than hyperinsomnia. It is, and that – that's the part that makes me stay up for days on end. That's that section of it. So then once I've been up and up and up, that's when all that sleepiness starts because I've been up a week long, no sleep, and your body physically just gets so exhausted because I, when I don't sleep, I like to clean. I'm really OCD about things and everything has to have that place. I mean, I'll spend days when I feel really good and can move around and do things I'll clean baseboards or we have display cabinets that I'll, you know, I'll break them down, clean and redo them. So by the end of the day, I've cleaned and cleaned and cleaned. And you would expect my brain to shut down and be tired. No, my body's tired. So I'll go lay down in bed all night and just give my body a rest. But your brain is still fully active. Yes. Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read and I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages. A little bit each day adds up, and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. 
Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing. Two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully that's all backed up by science. And all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature and I thought, you had me at vegan, because it's that too. And if you have kids, DSO-1 is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try. Trust your gut with Seeds DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash what and use code 25what to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash what, code 25what. I don't know how many other people do this, but I like to plan my weekly meals. Maybe I'm just weird, but I like quick and easy. That's just one of the benefits you can get with Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout to get 50% off your first week. One of the dishes I recently had was the Green Goddess Falafel Bowl. Oh, I loved it. The falafel was seasoned perfectly, and I love how crispy it is on the outside, but really moist on the inside. It's a signature dish of Enat Admoni. She's known around the world as a chef. You've probably seen her on TV And her dishes are made right here in Florida, so I'm supporting local business, and I love that. And the convenience of Cook Unity is crazy. I mean, I've got podcast episodes to produce. I don't have time for cooking. These meals are delivered fully cooked. So when it's time to eat, I pick a meal based on my mood for that day. I heat it for a few minutes and enjoy. The menus are updated every week, so there's always something new to try. You can choose from over 350 meals based on your dietary needs or taste preferences, or go wild and have Cook Unity pick for you because every meal is just amazing. Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef level quality, and endless variety of Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code what or going to cookunity.com slash what. Hey, this is Scott. Did you know we offer a premium feed of this show that is completely ad-free and there are bonus episodes? Go to whatwasthatlike.com slash plus or just click the link in the show notes of any episode to learn more and to sign up. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can sign up right there in the app by clicking try free at the top of the episode list. And I hope to see you in the premium feed soon. Do you ever take sleeping pills? That's what the Ambien is. Oh, okay. So when you do sleep, do you get, is it, do you feel like it's a good quality sleep or is it kind of light? Actually, even my 20 minute naps feel like they give me tons of energy. But when I do sleep, if it's not that I get the eight hours sleep, I, I will go through the whole room sleep. I have dreams. I have night terrors. I have, I mean, when it shut, when I shut down, it really gets kind of crazy. I'll have some of the most amusing dreams because of it. So I do get really fulfilled sleep. How do you feel after you wake up after a long sleep? Just like other people or or is is there something different after that? I feel like the Energizer Bunny. 
I have tons of energy and feel like I could go all day long. Um, I will start 20 projects and finish none of them that first day. I will just, I'll start something and go, oh, I should do this. And I'll start it in 10 minutes. Later. Oh, I need to get this done. And I'll run over and start it. And then I'll be like, oh, I need to do this. And by the end of the day, I have all these projects started, but nothing finished. So over the next few days, I have lots to keep me busy. Yeah, you got a lot to do the next uh, over that week, right? Yeah. Do you you must use you must have quite a to do list. Well, I'm I'm one of those people that when I think about something needs to be done, just go do it. There's no reason to wait. There's no reason to say, oh, well, I can do it tomorrow. If you get it done now, you don't have to do it tomorrow. So why just get it out of the way? On the other hand, if you save it to for tomorrow, then you have something to do tomorrow, right? And that is true, but I can always <laughs> find something to do. Um, like I said, video games, I'll like right now I'm playing Skyrim. I have a dozen different quests I need to finish. So I'll take one day and do one and then go, okay, well, I'm going to reorganize my closet. So I'll take the time to reorganize the closet and leave, you know, like instead of cleaning it all the way, I'll do half of it today and say, I can do the other half tomorrow. That way I do have something to do. Okay. Now I know the gamers that are listening to this are going to want me to ask, what video games do you like? Um, well, I, like I just said, I'm in, I love Skyrim. I started that right now. I'm fixing to restart Tomb Raider on the Wii. That was my first ever love. Um, I have Final Fantasy VIII. That's another one I play a lot. I actually own multiple discs of that one. Uh, let's see. Those are my, my three big ones right now, but if you can sit me down in front of it, I'll try it. My, my SO right now is playing Monster Hunter, and I'm getting really into wanting to play that. We play a couple games on the PC. Um, I just blanked out on their names because they were, we were waiting on an update for one. So it's been about a year since we played it. I can't believe I forgot it, but Diablo three is another one that is one of my all time favorites that I've been playing it off and on, especially since they've added some new stuff. So a little bit of everything. Okay. What's the worst part of having this condition? Having too much time on my hands. Like with normal people, y'all get hours of sleep, so there's a big chunk of the day that y'all don't do anything. But with me, that big chunk of the day is actually there for time that needs to be filled with something. And that's the hardest thing is just having too much free time can be a bad thing. What's the best part? Having all the time in the world to do anything. And like you know, most people that sleep, y'all have got eight to however many hours that your of your day is gone. But for me, I've got that that I can just go get stuff done. Are you used to it now? I am. It's to me, it's everyday life. It's normal. It actually seems weird that people sleep so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would if if they came up with a magical cure for this, would you accept it? That's a yes and a no question, actually. Um, yes, because I think it would be a good thing to get some sleep and not seem as tired all the time. It gets lonely when everybody's asleep and I'm not. But also no, because I like having all the extra time, especially when I found a really good book to read and I don't want to put it down or I found a game that I'm really, I found a spot that I'm really getting into or I just got sent to a new dungeon and fixed to run it. I don't have to look at the time and go, oh, no, it's 1030. I've got to go to bed. It's i got time. I can do this. That's an interesting situation. Do you have any tips for people that have regular insomnia? 
yoga and meditation, those are the two best things I have found to find some kind of peace from all the just constant running in my head. Yoga and meditation. And what does what does meditation look like for you? Is that something you practice daily? And how is you use guided meditation or how do you do that? No, um, I had a friend who was kind of big into it a while back. And her thing was just to sit in a chair, get comfortable, concentrating on breathing slow, and that's it. Just only think about the breathing until there's nothing else going on in your head. And there's days it doesn't do anything. I'm too worried about something or I'm too stressed or frustrated. But the days that I'm not, I can't. I can just really relax. I'll lay my head back and get comfortable. And it'll give me an hour or two of just relaxing. And there have been moments when it helps me and I just fall asleep and I wake up a little refreshed at normally 20, 30 minutes of a nap, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. If someone's listening to this and they, and they say, wow, I have unspecified hyperinsomnia. We have the same thing. What, what would you tell them or what resources would you send them to, to, to maybe get help? Find a sleep clinic. Um, there's a lot of hospitals have them just, Go to your PCP and tell them, I don't sleep. I'm going days or hours without sleep. Can you please find something for me? Um, can we get together with the sleep clinic and figure out what's going on? Okay. Although some sleep clinics, uh, do, you, do you think maybe some of them have not even heard of what you have because it's that rare? Mine's actually kind of amused with me. Because when we did my second sleep study, it was one that I stayed for a week. And my second night in, I was laying there. Like I said, I will try to meditate. And they wanted me to at least attempt to sleep. And they asked me when I got done that third night, they said something was a little different that we noticed. And we looked back and found it. So I asked them what it was. And they said, you lay in the same position for hours on end, but you didn't move. You laid there for three hours and not one movement. Anytime we asked you to switch positions, you did, and the same thing would happen. And they asked me how I did it, and I just told them, you know, I would take the breathing exercises, and that's what I was using to attempt to sleep. And they said they'd actually never seen anybody who could do it without moving at all. So that's the only part of it that really was different for them to see. Um, I would expect being a sleep study, they should see odd cases like this enough to understand or know the unspecified cases are the cases where like mine, you have a couple of different types of insomnia. So they put it together and that's where the unspecified came from, or at least for me, it did. I don't know how the other doctors or clinics would do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We should say on here, neither you or I are doctors and we're not offering any kind of medical advice. <laughs> Big yes. disclaimer there. If people want to contact you, I understand you have a blog. I do have a blog. It's called Wings for the Wind. I had started a few years ago, so it's only got a couple on there now. Somebody actually asked me if I would do a daily one. And so I started that um, on Monday. I didn't do one last night because I never finished it. I got a little distracted, but I'm working on that right now. And there, I do have it set up where you can ask me anything. You can comment on it and ask. And if you have a specific question that you would like for me to address, I will do that in my next blog after I see your comment. Okay. And what's the address for that again? It's um, it's on WordPress, and you just have to look up Wings for the Wind, and my blog will come up. 
and I'll, I'll find that link and put that in the show notes as well. So, all right. Well, Samantha, thanks very much. Uh, appreciate you telling your story here today. Thank you for having me. It's nice to actually be able to get some of this out there and hopefully I can help somebody else with it. Thanks for listening to this episode. My goal for each show is to introduce you to people and stories that you just won't find on other podcasts. If you want to help support the show, you just need to subscribe and that way you'll never miss an episode. You can click on any of the subscribe buttons on the website, which is whatwasthatlike.com. You'll see all the links right there at the top where you can subscribe directly to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or on whatever app you use to catch your podcasts. And you'll see there are also links to Twitter and Instagram, so you can follow us there, and I hope you do. And if you really want to connect with me and get in on the discussion with other listeners to this show, you can join our private Facebook group. You can find that at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash Facebook. And of course, you can always email me directly at scott at whatwasthatlike.com or just go to the website and click on contact. I'd love to hear what you think of this episode or a previous episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next show where we'll once again ask the question, what was that like? <laughs>